This is episode 343 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today I answer a listener question. Does intuitive eating really work? You ready for this? It's going to get juicy. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show, the only podcast that teaches you how to reshape your mind, not your body, to make your life better, bigger, and bolder. Your undieted life. I'm your host, Stephanie Dodier, reformed dieter, nutritionist, and coach. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, my sisters, and welcome back. And this is going to be a good, juicy episode. I want to give you some background first as to where this listener question came from, and then we're going to go right into answering it. So, Twice a year, we do a survey in our community as to what women in our community value and what they need from us. And I just want to say this, when I talk about our community, I am talking about our people that have registered to get emails from us, to attend some training with us, anybody that interacted and give us the consent to communicate and send them free information, that's our community. So twice a year, we do a survey so we can get a feed information feed from you as to what you want and one of the four questions we ask is this one is if you could ask stephanie a question privately one-to-one what would that question be and this question came through under this so some this person this woman wanted to ask me the question does intuitive eating really work. And she put the word really in bolded capital letter. And she gave me some feedback as to why she's confused. So she's been listening to the podcast. And obviously, for the last six years, I have been talking about the process of intuitive eating being the path to recover a relationship to food that is, quote, unquote, normal, that is how humans should eat. And while she's been listening to the podcast, she's a newcomer to our community over the last three months, she also has her feet in real life. And then she's hearing from other people that I've quote unquote tried intuitive eating, that it doesn't work, that it's actually a disaster, quote unquote. So she's really confused. I thought this is such a great question to answer on the podcast because I know there is a number of you that has this question or that if you are an intuitive eater, you encounter people that have quote unquote tried intuitive eating. And I'm using quote unquote here because I'm gonna get into why it's try, that I've tried intuitive eating and it quote unquote didn't work. So I want to give you the fuel to answer that question. And for those who have that question, I want to answer it. And I'm going to not, obviously, I'm not going to reveal the identity of this person, but I want to give you some background as to who this person is. This person is a health coach. So somebody that has a certification in wellness and health training who is already or in the future will be working with general population like people listening to this podcast to give them health advice so that's her background and that's why she's getting feedback from other health coaches 
who says, well, we've tried intuitive eating for ourselves and with our client and it quote unquote doesn't work. So you're ready for the answer. The answer is gonna be, I'm gonna give you the answer right off the bat. How about that? <laughs> Not to make you hold on all to the end. I'm gonna give you the answer. Does intuitive eating quote unquote really work? Absolutely. 100% intuitive eating really work. And I'm gonna tell you why in a simplest form. Intuitive eating quote unquote really work because it's a natural way for human being to eat. The number one reason why quote unquote intuitive eating doesn't work is because people interact with intuitive eating as any diet, as any meal plan, as any form of eating. So they are in the world of, let's say, diet culture, where they're trying to lose weight and they're following a restrictive plan, either by macronutrients or calorie or quantity of food, or they're in the wellness world, probably the background of the person who's asking the question. So they believe that health is the outcome of cutting out certain food or taking certain supplement, right? Another form of restriction. So wellness culture and diet culture are cousin. One restrict with the intent of losing weight and the other restrict with the intent of quote unquote optimum health. One is the 10 ideal, the other one is optimum health ideal. Both are processes in order to achieve a status either with health or weight that you do not have right now. So people will engage with intuitive eating as if it was just another plan, another program, but it's not. And that's the caveat and that's the step one that is not being applied when you engage with intuitive eating as if it's another plan. Intuitive eating is not a plan. It's not a, it's not a diet, obviously. It's a recovery process. It's a healing process of your relationship to food in order for you to come back to baseline, for you to come back to a innate, natural way of eating. So I'm going to pause here and I'm going to give you some historical context because some of you, as I'm saying this, are probably getting quote unquote triggered, right? And I just want to give you a vision. Like I want to give you a picture for you to really sit with that. Before the inception, before the creation of the culture and wellness culture, which is when we're looking at a timeline, we're looking at the beginning of the 1900s, 1920s, and 30s. Before that, there was no such thing as dieting, as restrictive eating. It didn't exist. And one of the primary reasons why it didn't exist is most people didn't have enough food. <laughs> so the idea of restricting food was not even a concept. It was not even crossing people's mind because they didn't have enough food. Or if they had any, it was just like baseline. There was no grocery stores. There was no 
choices of food. You ate whatever was around you, whatever you were able to grow, whatever you were able to get from the land around you. So the concept of restricting food didn't exist. So how did people eat up to call it, just to give it a date, the 1900? People ate the way that human ate for millennials, centuries, hundreds of thousands of years, depending on what your point of view is on human evolution. They ate when they were hungry, they stopped when they're full, and they ate food that was accessible to them that if they had the luxury of being able to choose the food that they liked. And if they grew food, if they went into agriculture, they grew food that was able to grow on the land. And if they had a choice, the food that they enjoyed, that's it. Like human have become the number one species on the planet earth because we have innate capacity to regulate our eating pattern. We have what we call eating cues, hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. And we eat when we're hungry, we get a physical interoceptive cue to tell us, oh, you're hungry, it's time to eat. And as you're eating, oh, you had enough, you can stop now. And then satisfaction comes in by telling us what our body needs and cueing us to say, oh, you like this food. When you eat this food, you feel good. You feel satisfied, both mentally and physically. So human did not question how to eat or what to eat and, or when to eat until the inception of diet culture and wellness culture. This is the beginning of the 1900. So now you have the historical context to this. Diet culture came in and started creating a plan to restrict food. And in the beginning, it was very simple, right? It was just restricting the quantity. And the more the science evolved altogether, nutrition science is in an infant stage. Nutrition science did not begin until the late 1970s. Before that, there was no science for nutrition. So only for the last, call it 40, 50 years, do we have any kind of notion around nutrition science. And the more science we got around nutrition, the more complication did we add to food restriction plan. And now we're at a point where it's massively confusing. There's so much information, there's so many plans and formula out there that people are just confused. Can you hear me on that? Like if you're not a health or nutrition specialist, you're probably massively confused as to what to eat and what not to eat. Intuitive eating repairs that because there's a damage caused to each of us who voluntarily restrict food. And even for involuntary food restriction, there is side effect. Right? When we override, when we tell our body, no, you're wrong, you shouldn't want to eat right now, or you shouldn't want to eat this, over time, we disconnect from our innate eating cues, hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. And then we lose that connection and we lose the ability 
to re to react to our eating cue to rely on our innate equipment that we were given at birth which is our eating cues to guide our eating patterns and intuitive eating is the repair process it's a recovery process it's a recovery process to regain access to our innate ability to feed and nourish ourselves so the creator of this intuitive eating process did so based on their entire career of helping people heal their relationship to food in the context of eating disorder. So Elise Resch and Evelyn Travoli created the 10 steps of intuitive eating, the 10 principles of intuitive eating based on their work with their patients and mainly people from having a diagnosed eating disorder. And this process was at first used in eating disorder and it's now scaled to be used by average population. All of us, regular people who have not been diagnosed with an intuitive eating, we're now using this process to recover and quote unquote normal relationship to food after decades, years of restriction. When you don't understand this whole background and you come to intuitive eating with the mentality that humans don't know how to regulate their eating and you take this approach and you say, okay, we're going to use the 10 steps of intuitive eating, the 10 principles of intuitive eating while maintaining the notion that humans don't know how to eat, or at least my clients don't know how to eat, and I need to impose them some standards, some guide in order to guide their eating, they can't trust themselves. Or worse, when we come to intuitive eating with still an intention to control the body, either in weight or health status, and we try to use intuitive eating with the objective of controlling weight and controlling health, for sure it's not going to work. Why are we even surprised? <laughs> you know, like it's not the goal of intuitive eating. It's not to maintain restriction. It's not to maintain a distrust from the body or disrespect from the body. The goal of intuitive eating is to regain trust and respect. So for sure it's not going to work. So that to that listener who submitted the question and said, there's people around me who've tried it for six to eight months, and it was a disaster, for sure. In the health coaching world, that's unfortunately what's happening right now. That's why I have an entire professional training program to combat the misuse of intuitive eating. We cannot use intuitive eating while maintaining restriction, while maintaining a distrust and disrespect for the human body. We have to be in a place where we fully recognize that diet culture and wellness culture are not what we want to co-opt for the rest of our life. We don't want to believe that something is wrong with our body because of our body weight or something is wrong with our body because of our health status. We want to recover a natural, normal relationship to our body. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing that I find 
problematic in our industry. And unfortunately, you as a woman receiving the information of intuitive eating as it's growing in popularity, intuitive eating is 80% mindset and 20% nutrition. Because, very simply, what creates the eating pattern, the eating behavior is our thoughts. It's not something that comes out of us for no reason. Like people don't binge eat for no reason. People binge eat because they have an emotional overwhelm. They're afraid, they're anxious, they're stressed. For example, because of their thought pattern, because of what they're thinking about, because of their trauma, because of their past experience. So the binge eating pattern that you so desperately want to eliminate from your life has to be healed at the thought level. Any human behavior, this is again the level of knowledge that needs to be infused in our industry. The human behavior you want to change, you want to get rid of, yet you want to transform, no matter what it is, that it is eating, drinking, smoking, gambling, relationship, it doesn't matter. Any behavior from humans that you want to alter has to be done at the thought level first. Because the behavior is only the outcome of our emotion, which our emotions are produced by our thoughts and our thoughts are created by our belief system. So when you're listening to people talking about intuitive eating or trying to coach you on intuitive eating, do they spend 80% of the narrative or the coaching, coaching you at the mindset, the thought level, or they are keep being focused on the nutrition and the behavior? What I find is that it's the reverse. People speak about the eating behavior and trying to find ways to change at the behavioral level 80% of the time and 20% is spent on mindset. And I just want, for those of you who know intuitive eating, you know that the first step, the first principle of intuitive eating is eliminating the food police. This is just a funny name that Evelyn and Elise created in their principle to make it available to average people, right? But the food police is mindset. That's what they know. That's their experience. That's why they've put it at principle number one. The food police is your thoughts about food. That's why it's the number one fundamental step of any intuitive eating process. And that's not what's happening in our industry right now. Why? simply because professional or coaches do not have the tool to help people change their mindset, their thought set, their thinking pattern about food, about bodies, about health. So they have an inability to help people with their mindset or they don't understand the foundational place of mindset and intuitive eating because they have not learned intuitive eating from someone who fully understand it, was trained in it like me. 
They've read a couple blogs on the internet. They've listened to a few podcasts and then they're trying to do intuitive eating on their own, not understanding the sequential process that needs to happen and the importance of mindsets. So here's the bottom line here. Intuitive eating is beyond the food. If you make the journey, the process of intuitive eating only about the food, it's guaranteed not to work. So to that listener who says it's not working for people around her, my bet is, been doing that for a long time, I would bet a, a lot of money when I would go in to your colleagues who are doing intuitive eating, it's not working. There is no mindset coaching. People have made the process of intuitive eating about the food instead of about the mindset. Here's the second reason why intuitive eating is beyond the food. Intuitive eating is about the reprogramming of the belief system of women about the thin ideal, about health, and about their place in the world, their self-worth as a woman in a patriarchal society. That's what the coaching needs to be about in intuitive eating in order for it to, quote, work. Intuitive eating requires a high level of conscious commitment versus what we as women have been doing all along when we were doing keto program or quick fixes like 30 day program to lose 10 pounds, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think of the name whole 30. You guys remember that whole 30, right? But I think they were doing it for 30 days. That is not a high level of conscious commitment. That's just give me the list of things to do and I'm just gonna do what's on the list. I'm not gonna go deeper than that because I don't know I should go deeper than that and because I'm not interested. I just want a quick fix. That is not the mindset you need to come into to intuitive eating. You need to come with a high level of conscious commitment that you are about to transform the way you think and relate to food and eating and body for the rest of your life. This is a process gonna take you in a transformational state that will impact the rest of your life. This is how profound intuitive eating is. So here's what I've done for the rest of the podcast to help you integrate that. I've asked students inside of Undiatry Alive, what we call case study, if you wanna call it this way, women who have now worked at undieting their life and learning intuitive eating with me, why it didn't work for them before they came to me. So to some degree, all of them came to work with me because they either try on their own, they've read the book, they work with someone else and didn't, it didn't work. And then they came to work with me. So I asked them generally why it didn't work. Now that they know what they know, what were their mindset before that created failure? So I, I recap the top five reasons. I'm gonna go through them with you here. By far, the number one reason my student gave me is I wasn't eating enough food. 
I was constantly hungry. I was restricting the quantity of food unconsciously. I was restricting some food. By far the most common was carbs because they were still in the mindset that carbs were bad. And they were maintaining that mindset because nobody was challenging them to neutralize carbs. But by far, the number one reason why people weren't eating enough food was because of internalized fat phobia or the fear of weight gain. And however they were doing intuitive eating before coming to me, that wasn't treated. That wasn't addressed, their fear of weight gain. So they were coming to intuitive eating in a state of mind, I can't gain weight. Or worse, I'm going to lose weight because of intuitive eating. So the number one reason why it's quote not work, it's working for them now, right? After working with me is because we worked on unpacking their fear of weight gain and now they are body neutral. That's why when you join my program, I'm not giving you just intuitive eating. I absolutely include body image work. In my case, I teach my own framework that's called body neutrality because you cannot neutralize your relationship to food while maintaining the fact that you hate your body for being bigger or big or fat, however you describe it. So we work on both at the same time. Here's the reason number two as to why it didn't work for my client before working with me is, and I'm going to quote what they said here. I felt like I couldn't trust myself. That came in five different women. They didn't talk to each other and they wrote that on the piece of paper for me. <laughs> I felt like I can trust myself. And my answer is totally. It's 100% normal that these women thought I can't trust myself because the entire indoctrination to diet culture and patriarchy is aimed at women not trusting themselves because when somebody doesn't trust themselves they lack self-esteem they lack confidence and they don't move forward into challenging the status quo, challenging diet culture, and challenging patriarchy. In order for those systems to maintain their power over us, they have to have people in their community who don't trust themselves. So it's 100% normal that you felt you can trust yourself. So if you came to the world of intuitive eating and did not do the mindset, to regain trust in yourself, then for sure intuitive eating will not work because you will forever question your eating cues, your hunger, your fullness, and your satisfaction. Third reason why intuitive eating didn't work is I wasn't, again, quote unquote here, I wasn't separating craving from a genuine need from my body. I wasn't able to define craving versus hunger, fullness, or satisfaction. And this comes down to one thing, what I called, or in, in what science call, emotional intelligence. The ability to live 
with our emotion and to live productively with our emotion or to manage our emotion. And this is a skill set that must be built. For me in my program, it's actually step number two. Like you, we don't even talk about intuitive eating until I have given you a tool to manage your emotion. It's called riding the wave. Emotional intelligence comes in before we talk about food. So when you don't understand how your emotions are created, you don't know how to distinguish how emotion feels in your body, you, and you're afraid. Most women are afraid of their emotion, and then you use food to numb the fear of the emotion. So being able to separate sensation of hunger versus emotional sensation, which is 100% normal, it's part of how emotions are created. If you don't know how to distinguish the two, you'll be all confused. <laughs> so we need to give you tool to become an emotionally intelligent person. Reason number four why an intuitive eating didn't work for them is I didn't know where to start. I didn't have any structure. Totally normal. And it shouldn't be like that, but it is. Why? Because for most of us as women who have co-opted diet culture, we don't know how to think on our own two feet when it comes to health, when it comes to food, when it comes to our body. For our entire lives, we have given up power over food, over our body, and over our health to other people. Expert, science, who were supposedly more knowledgeable about what we individually needed. That's crazy. But we did it. I did it. I did it for 25 years. I know. I know that's the state of mind of most women who have co-opted diet culture. And because I know it, not only because I've worked with people, I've lived it. That's in part where we start when you work with me. We work from the place of taking responsibility for ourselves. That's why in Undiet Your Life, the first module is not intuitive eating. It's mindset. I am teaching you how to take responsibility for yourself by taking responsibility for your thoughts. If you take responsibility for your thinking, you will then take responsibility for your emotion, and then you'll be able to take responsibility for your eating behavior. So it's totally normal that you need that structure because of your past giving away your power. And reason number five, that intuitive eating fail for my current client is being able to figure out, or at the time, not being able to figure out what to eat. Still, somebody said this, I was still always trying to make, quote unquote, healthy choices. I wasn't, somebody else says, I wasn't giving myself true, unconditional permission to eat. We call that mental restriction. When we don't integrate mindset 
in the process of intuitive eating, many people maintain a secretive mental restriction. And for some people that's conscious thinking and for most it's unconscious thinking. We still believe that there is healthy and healthy food. Although at face front, we say, no, 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 no. I eat all the food, but here's what happened. When they eat the chips, when they eat the bread, if they were a keto person before, if they eat meat, if they were vegan before, they secretively in their body feel shame, feel guilt, feels worry about what's going to happen to their health because they ate the bread. So that mental restriction is still present, preventing them from fully eating all the food and discovering what works and doesn't work for them. And there's also the placebo effect that can comes into play that if they tried to eat, we'll call it the carbs, the breads and the stuff they've been restricting, and then they feel that they're not feeling good after eating the food. The reason why they feel consequences eating the food most often is not because of the food is because of all the worry thoughts they have in their brain and the shame and the guilt from eating the bread and that what creates sensation in their body of discomfort it's a known fact that ibs is psychosomatic right we create the discomfort in our gi because of our thoughts that we're thinking so if we haven't cleaned up, I call it cleaning up like Mary Kondo, our belief system around food and health. It's 100% normal that we carry guilt, shame and worry trying to eat all the food because the baseline work of cleaning up our belief system hasn't been done. So these were the top five reasons why people weren't successful with intuitive eating before coming to work with me. And I could give you more, like I have 14 different reasons why it didn't work. I don't have the time today to go through all of it on the podcast, but these were the top five. So intuitive eating does work because it's not a yes or no, or work or doesn't work process like any diets or meal plan. It's a process for you to recover your natural innate relationship to food. So it's not a fail or past process. You don't fail, you don't pass, you just come back to normal. I hope this was helpful for you. I love you, my sister, and I'll see you on the next podcast. If you are loving what you're learning on the podcast, you have to come and check out Undiet Your Life. This is where we get to hang out together, where you get the individual help applying the concept thought on the podcast while learning new coaching tool that will make your life even more amazing. It's also where you get to apply the learning to think better, eat better, and feel better and create your undieted life, your better, bigger, and bolder life. Go to stephaniedoze.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join us inside of Undiet Your Life, and I'll see you on the other side.